0: First time here this morning. I um, want you to fill out a connect card. Drop it by the uh, connect desk on your way out. Miss, I believe April will be out there, and um, or someone will be out there, and uh, they have a gift for you. And uh, so, drop that off if it's your first time here. If there if there are other ways you'd like to connect, or you want to take our next steps, and uh, or you want to be baptized, please let us know. And uh, we want to uh, we want to. Uh, Serve you and assist you in that this morning. Heavenly Father, open our hearts and our ears and our minds to you. So, God, we thank you this morning. Speak to our hearts, speak to our lives this day in Jesus' name. And the church said. This morning, as we continue our series and our Of Luke, and this morning we are looking at good news for the spiritually. To a question this morning, are you afraid of the demonic? My pastor, that's kind of a weird question this morning. i mean, it's, it's it's early, I'm still trying to wake up. Let me ask you a question again Are you afraid of the demonic? Pop culture teaches us and tells us to be afraid of the devil, and, and let's be clear. We should, we should not ignore or treat as if it's not a reality or something to be played with. We shouldn't engage and be entertained by the devil or the demonic, but we also should not be afraid of the demonic, right? We should not be afraid of the demonic in a way that gives the devil power should not take the schemes of the devil lightly we should not pretend that the devil is just a myth that he is a myth that has been devised and so we just any evil in the world we 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 just uh, give it to the devil and say they say it's just that's just the the myth of of evil we should not act like there isn't an actual evil to be recognized I think the events of the past few weeks remind us that evil is a present reality. The Buffalo shooting is rooted in, was rooted in demonic racist ideology. The Taiwanese church shooting was rooted in demonic racial hatred. The Texas school shooting just this week, or we don't even know a motive yet, children and two adults were shot to death by an 18-year-old male who also shot his grandmother. There is evil at work in the world. The devil is at work. Evil seeks to destroy. But Jesus has called us to be peacemakers. Blessed, Jesus said, blessed are the peacemakers for theirs is the kingdom of heaven how can you bring peace that is a that is not just a rhetorical question to you this morning how can you be a peacemaker what can we do to be peacemakers what can we do to bring peace into the chaos and the evil that surrounds us what church do what can I do to give the evil that we see no place and no room what can we do first we can pray we can pray and we can act to defeat evil in our society James tells us that faith without works is dead, it's useless. If we have faith but we don't put that faith into action, our faith doesn't bring the power to bring change. We have to put into action the faith we believe in. What good is it, James would say, what good is it to only to pray for someone if you don't put action to your prayer? this evil a thief and he said about this thief that the thief comes only to steal and kill and to destroy but that Jesus came that we would have life Now listen, Jesus promises in the world you will have trouble. Fulfillment isn't a lack of problems or an absence of trouble. Fulfillment is found in understanding God's good plan of redemption and living a life oriented to the kingdom. You cannot walk in the fulfillment that God has for your life if your life is not oriented to the kingdom life. understand that what the kingdom looks like is revealed in Jesus. What the kingdom looks like is revealed in Jesus. And we we uh, last year looked at the beatitudes, the blessed statements. Merciful, peace, peacemakers, righteous. Scripture tells us over and over and we've read it and we That Jesus went around preaching the gospel, preaching the good news of the kingdom and and healing the sick and casting out the the devils and and binding up the brokenhearted and releasing the the captives. That's what the kingdom looks like. The kingdom looks like love and joy and peace and righteousness. Righteousness and justice are the foundations of the throne of God according to the psalmist. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of the throne of God. So there is not fulfillment in our lives. There is no fulfillment if our life isn't oriented towards righteousness and justice and peace and holiness. We will not walk in the fulfillment and the abundance that God trying to satisfy that longing by the things of this world because the things of this world will not satisfy, they will not bring fulfillment, they will not produce abundance, they will leave you broken and hurting. But Jesus said, I have come that you can have life. In Jesus' church, the plans of the enemy Understand the power of Jesus to bring life into dead places, to cast out the devil, and to bring you out of your graveyard. You do not have to fear the thief. But we live in a day where evil seems to grow and grow and grow. Paul addressed this growing evil in Romans chapter 1, verses 29 through 32. He said, they are filled with all unrighteousness. What does this unrighteousness that they are filled with look like? It looks like evil and greed and wickedness. They're full of envy and murder and quarrels and deceit and malice. They're gossipers and slanders and God-haters and arrogant, proud, boastful inventors of evil, disobedient to parents, senseless, untrustworthy, unloving and unmerciful. All they know, although they know God's just sentence, those who practice such things deserve to die they not only do them but even applaud others who practice them the kingdom of God does not look like this the kingdom of God does not look like greed the kingdom of God does not look like murder the kingdom of God does not look like gossip and slander disobedient to parents the kingdom of God does not look like arrogance evil is the absence of righteousness and I would ask us again what can we do what can I do what can you do what can the church do absence of righteousness and it says that folks applaud their evil folks applaud and cheer their evil and their wickedness and they're inventing new ways to do murder and to do greed and they cheer it on and they applaud it we see it Side has their favorite evil. From abortion to racism to sexual abuse to idolatry to selfishness to greed to murder. We all confusion and sexual sin we invent new ways to slander and gossip the devil is at work evil is present the devil is a real adversary to be reckoned with but the devil is not the ultimate authority or power or ruler or master the devil does not get the last word jesus gets Jesus is the peace speaking against the chaos monster, bringing order to the kingdoms that can be shaken. I belong to a kingdom that cannot be shaken. I belong to the kingdom of God and of his Christ. Evil is real. The devil is real. But Jesus is the ultimate reality. Jesus has power over the darkness. Jesus has power. Jesus is the life giver, the restorer of what the thief has stolen. He is the rescuer and the redeemer. I want you to hear this this morning, church. However, there is a difference between evil conceived in the hearts of men and spirituality. this is good news for the spiritually abused. To so Did you hear this this morning? When we look at Jesus' dealings with the demonic in the Gospels, we see Jesus rebuking the demonic for the sake of the person that the demonic is attacking. I want you to hear this and understand this. Gospels, the person who is being spiritually abused by the demonic is never the enemy. Jesus never treats them as the enemy. Usually in the Gospels, the person is being abused by the demonic, and the person is not usually being jesus casts out a demon it is to bring flourishing and life and abundance to the person who is being tormented usually the person is not tormenting others in the gospels but the person is being tormented by the enemy so i think we need to reckon with the spiritual abuse that the devil causes to torment us those we love we need to make room in our minds and in our theology for a type of demonic activity that is more akin to abuse than to horror i'll say it again we need to make room in our minds and our theology for a type of demonic activity that is more akin to abuse than horror and i believe that that's what we see Jesus heals the demonized man in the country of the Gerasenes. So let's look together at this passage in Luke. The first thing we see is we see a man meet Jesus. All right, let's read together. Luke chapter 8, verse 26. They sailed, that's Jesus and his disciples, to the region of the Gerasenes, which is opposite Galilee. And when he got out on land, a demon-possessed man from the town met him. For a long time he had worn no clothes and did not stay in a house but in the tombs. And when he saw Jesus, he cried out, fell down said in a loud voice what do you have to do with me jesus son of the most high god i beg you don't torment me for he had commanded the unclean spirit to come out of the man many times it had seized him as though he was guarded bound by chains as though he was guarded bound by chains and he would snap the restraints and be driven by the demon into deserted places man met Jesus. Yes, this man is demon possessed in the gospel story. A better understanding of this word that's used in scripture especially in the gospels is demonized. He was being abused by the demonic. And it doesn't say that Jesus met the man. I, I, I really like that. It says that the man... simple statement reveals a whole lot of information. It tells me that the man went to Jesus, that the man wanted to be free, that he was tired of being tormented, he was tired of being naked, he was tired of living in a graveyard, he was tired of homelessness, he was tired of hopelessness, he was tired of despair, he was tired of people looking at him as less than, he was tired of their chains, he was tired of their guards, he was tired of Tired of hopelessness, he was tired of the abuse. And when this man saw Jesus, this man knew that the thief of his soul had to give back everything that the thief had stolen. This man made met jesus the demons begged jesus 8 28 through 33 when he saw jesus this man cried out fell down before him and said in a loud voice what do you have to do with me jesus some of the most high i beg you don't torment me for he had command for he had commanded the unclean spirit to come out of him now i want you to understand here in the context of this passage because jesus asks him his name we'll get there in a second and he tells him his name so the thing that's speaking in this reply to Jesus isn't the man but in the story it is the demonic speaking through the man Okay, for he commanded the unclean spirit to come out of the man many times it seized him and there was guarded by, by chains and shackles he had snapped through strength to be driven by the demon into the deserted place and what is your name Jesus asked him legion he said because many demons had entered him and they begged him they begged him okay the demons again are speaking through begged him not to banish them these demons into the abyss and a large herd of pigs were there feeding on the hillside and the demons begged him to permit them to enter the pigs he gave them permission and the demons came out of the man and entered the pigs and the herd rushed down the steep bank into the lake and drowned you see this the demons knew the power that Jesus possessed the demons knew Jesus was they knew what Jesus had come to do Jesus son of God they say most high son of the most high God they recognized him they knew him they knew he was the Messiah the promised one to deliver they understood that Jesus that Christus Victor was here and that he had all authority and that they had to do what he said demons into the Jesus. They have no authority, no power. They cannot resist Jesus' commands. John tells us in 1 John 3, 8, the devil has sinned from the beginning. The Son of God was revealed for this purpose, to destroy the devil's works. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the works of the devil. They knew that Jesus had come Destroy the works of the devil. They knew that their time and their control and their power and their schemes and their abuse was coming to a close. They knew that Jesus, right, was going to bring fullness and abundance to this man. They had come to steal and to kill and to destroy him and his life and his hope and his future, but Jesus came to set. Legion. They knew their time was running out. They knew that their eternal destiny was to be held in the abyss with the demons from Noah's day that were already chained and imprisoned. They knew, and they saw, and they understood their fate, and they begged not to suffer that fate until it was time. coming and Jesus knew their time was coming Jesus knew that he would deal with them all on the cross as Paul tells us in Colossians Jesus knew that he would disarm them openly on the cross and defeat them Jesus was just holding off on their sentence so he could deal with the abused man Jesus knew their time was coming but this man needed Jesus This man needed Jesus in this moment. Jesus did not let them off the hook. Their judgment was rendered. Their damnation is secured. But this man, Jesus was coming to set this man free. This man would no longer suffer abuse at the hands of these devils and these abusers. Jesus the demons begged Jesus and the pig farmers feared Jesus verse 33 the demons came out of this man and entered the pigs and the herd rushed down the steep bank into the lake and drowned and when the men who tended them saw what had happened they ran off and reported it in the town and in the countryside then people went out to see what had happened and they came to Jesus and found the man the demons had departed from Sitting at Jesus' feet, dressed in his right mind, and they were afraid. Meanwhile, the eyewitness reports the eyewitnesses reported to them how the demon possessed man was delivered. Then all the people of the Garrison region asked Jesus to leave them because they were gripped by great fear. So, getting into the boat, he returned. Listen to this, church. People don't like the power. People don't like the power of Jesus when the power of Jesus can't be controlled, can't be chained, and can't be guarded. People also don't like the commands of Jesus because it wasn't just the power of Jesus that brought the demons out of this man and set this man free. It was the commands. People don't like the commands of Jesus when casting out the demonic threatens their way of life and their economic stability. Do all the casting out you want to do, God, as long as it leaves me happy and rich and doing what I want to do. But when it threatens the way of life and the economic stability, We kind of just want to keep the demons around. his life-giving power, hear this, they begged Jesus to leave because his life-giving power was more threatening to them than the demonic status quo. Let your mind be blown right there. They begged Jesus to leave because his life-giving power was more threatening. Let's not drive out Jesus when Jesus shows up to drive out the demonic. Let's not drive out Jesus because he challenges our way of life and our comforts. Let's be willing to sacrifice the pigs to bring hope to the spiritually abused. Jesus is landing on our shore. to Jesus or will we be the pig farmers who chase Jesus off? the man met Jesus the demons begged Jesus the pig farmers were afraid of Jesus but now this man he just has a seat he just sits down right there at the feet of Jesus Jesus has rebuked the demonic. The man is no longer running around in a rage or harming himself in the grave, but he is sitting at the feet of Jesus. Verse 35. Then people went out to see what had happened, and they came to find Jesus and found the man that demons had departed from, sitting at Jesus' feet, dressed and in his right mind. Then they were afraid. Meanwhile, reported to them how the demon-possessed man was what? Delivered. Look at this. He was uncontrollable. Now he's sitting at the feet of Jesus. He was naked. Now he's clothed. He was mentally Jesus brings us back to life, abundant life. Hear me this morning, this man's mental health was under attack by the enemy. This man's spiritual health was under attack by the enemy. This man's physical health was under attack by the enemy. The enemy still attacks us this way. The enemy still attacks our mental health. The enemy still attacks our spiritual health. The enemy still attacks our physical health. In Jesus, though, there is hope for your mental health, in Jesus there is hope for your spiritual health, and in Jesus there is hope for your physical health. Is every mental health issue a demonic attack? Is every spiritual health issue a demonic attack? No. Is every physical health issue a demonic attack? No. But we are all affected by sin and by the brokenness of this world, but not every mental, spiritual, or physical health issue is a direct demonic attack. But whether or not it is a specific demonic abuse, Jesus still is our mental health healer. Jesus is our spiritual health. And Jesus is our physical health healer. We take all of our health issues to Jesus. And Jesus gives us help. We take all of our health issues to Jesus and to those that Jesus has given to us to help us. Take our mental health issues to Jesus and to the counselor or the therapist or the psychiatrist or the doctor. We take our spiritual health issues to Jesus and to our pastors or our elders, our spiritual leaders to pray with us. We take our physical health issues to Jesus and to our physician. Or a medical professional. So, hear me this morning. May is Mental Health Awareness Month. If you have mental health needs, seek Jesus, seek scripture, seek prayer, and seek professional help. God has given us knowledge and medicine. Also hear me. Our mental, spiritual, and physical health are also connected. First Thessalonians five, chapter twenty-three, or chapter five, verse twenty-three says this: Now may the God of peace Himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept sound and blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus. Spirit, soul, that's mind, and body, be kept whole and blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus. Paul puts these three together. Paul, through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, is showing us that there is a connection between our mind, our body, and our spirit. I mean, we see this, we understand this often when our mental health suffers, our physical and our spiritual health suffers same with our physical and spiritual health if we aren't in good physical condition or we're having having some physical issues oftentimes that affects our our mental health and it affects our physical health and we see it spiritually if we are if we get into a fault spiritually oftentimes that affects us mentally and physically they are connected Jesus is able to cleanse and keep you holistically at the coming of Jesus. Jesus is concerned about your mental, spiritual, and physical health. And at the coming of Jesus, we will all be made completely whole. And until the coming of Jesus... Jesus sends the man home, verse 38 of Luke chapter 8, 39. The man from whom the demons had departed begged him earnestly to be with him. But Jesus sent him away and said, Go back to your home and tell all that God has done for you. And he went and off he went, proclaiming throughout the town how much Jesus had done for him. Two, two parts to this. Go home and go tell. This man needed to go home. This man needed to go home. Home matters. Home is important. This man had been isolated. The enemy had isolated this man from his friends and from his family. One of the ways that these had abused him was causing him to live in isolation. We need each other. You hear that? We need each other. And we need we need family. And this man needed his family to help restore and love him. I want to make this connection this morning. We see so much of the violence in our society. So much of it has a commonality. Lots of commonalities. But one of the commonalities is this. We see men who grew up isolated and separated from their fathers and from a loving. And Jesus sends this man. Best songs a secular band has ever written was by Blink One Eighty Two. Stay together for the kids. Sometimes you just need to fight for your marriage because your kids need you. Maybe you've already been divorced and that ship has sailed. God has grace for you. God has forgiveness for you. God doesn't hold you in judgment. God still loves you. So do what you can to be present, especially if your kids are young. Discipline over another. Don't abuse your kids. I'm not, but I'm not promoting any one type of disciplinary action over another. What I'm saying is that word rod is also translated s- scepter in Scripture, and it has to do with authority and rule. Foolishness is bound in the heart of a child, but the authority of a parent of correction drives that foolishness out. child, i reason like a child, but when I become a man, I put childish things away. What do we do, parents, is we train our kids and teach our kids how to become all that God has intended for them. Kids are kids. You let your kids play. You let your kids run. You let your kids have fun. You let your kids make the message. I'll say it again. You don't. Because you're not teaching that foolishness to get out of the heart. You're letting their foolishness enter yours. That's just practical pastoral old man advice. Parents, you are the stabilizing force. You are the spiritual guide. don't set the rules, your kids test the rules. Dads, invest in your children. They need you to be present. Moms, invest in your children. They need you to be present. If you're a single parent, it's hard. But love your children and lead your children the best that you can. And ask for help. that you're not active in your child's life and they're still young and you, can, and you can fix that and change that then do that try to get involved in your child's life so Jesus sent the man home because home matters create a healthy home talk about Jesus in your home play worship of Jesus. Go home and go tell. Talk about the goodness of Jesus. Testify to your family. Testify to your kids. Testify to your parents. Tell them about what the Lord has done. Tell them about how he has delivered you. Tell them about how he has saved you. Tell them about how he has healed you. Tell them about how tell them about how he has transformed your life. Tell them about how the things you used to do and the things you used to be guilty of and the shame you used to have and the to have and the fear you used to have, God has come in and God has transformed you and changed you and washed you and made you holy and righteous and he doesn't count your sin against you anymore. Testify of the goodness and the mercy to your family. Pray together. Go to church together. Worship together. Because when the home is transformed, then the community. City. Tell the community about the saving power of Jesus. That Jesus defeats the abuser, the spiritual abuser. And Jesus brings real life. That this grave that this man lived in his whole life. I pray right now in the name of Jesus that those in this house that are being spiritually abused by the attacks of the enemy. He is attacking their their home, their family, their physical health, their spiritual health, their mental health. He's attacking their finances. He's attacking their peace this house, this morning, we, we, by the authority of Souls in Jesus' name. it's about this morning, this morning, if you need prayer for any reason spiritual, mental, physical, a peace for you but there is also Boston that he prayed three times that this thorn would be removed but he heard Jesus say my grace is sufficient for you physical, spiritual healing would happen or that the grace of God would be so manifest in your life that you would be able to endure with all patience and perseverance trusting in God who will walk through the valley with you. God's grace is sufficient and his authority is grace in your life and i'm going to trust god for both because i believe that's what we do i believe that james tells us to call on the elders of the church and 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 if they're sick to anoint with oil and to pray for them and the prayer of faith will heal the sick and i believe that should be our expectation and i also believe that in that expectation that we trust god with confidence no matter how Sufficient. his blood is enough so this morning if you need prayer for anything, anything at all after you come and you receive the elements of communion I want you to just stay here and we're going to pray for you, we're going to anoint you with oil, scripture says to do that and so we do it, there's nothing magical in the oil, it's not it's not magic oil It's not oil that we got by a special secret trip to heaven, dipping it in the special oil vat in the sky. It's just from some olives. But scripture tells us that this symbolizes the working of the spirit in our life. It's a symbol, and it's an act of faith. So we want to pray for you. Thank you that you are working even now. As the church comes to receive the elements of communion, I pray, God, that those who feel a drawing in their hearts for prayer, or that they would stay here. They would not be embarrassed or ashamed or fearful or feel condemned. But, Lord, that your spirit is bringing hope to them in this moment. And we're going to see a victory see a victory in the name of Jesus, would you come and receive the elements?